All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Homemade Ops. So we're gonna go ahead and talk about some fun stuff. Today we'll be discussing tax deadline that has been extended, uh, stimulus checks from the government and where are they, how to create a successful foundation to your family finances, and our weekly movie recommendations. Probably the most important thing we'll talk about today. Easily. Yes, definitely. We, there's a lot of good movies now, considering we're all stuck at home. There's been some crazy ones. Tiger King, you know, a bunch of those. But we'll, Classic. Oh, oh, yes, for sure. And <laughs> overnight hit across the world. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. So let's go ahead and jump right into the news for you. So this segment is actually designed basically to give you the relevant information that you need to know about based on your finances or whatever it may be. Uh, don't, we're not going to talk about the stupid stuff like British royalty news or uh, the senator and what scandal are they involved in today. Today we're just going to be talking about stuff that you need to know about. And in particular, the first item we'll be discussing is the delay tax deadline. So, some of you should already know this considering we're already past the original deadline, but the actual deadline for taxes generally happens in mid-April about. So this year though, because of COVID-19, it has been extended to July 15th, which is really nice because now you have time to actually prepare your taxes. You have more time to prepare. And if you've been financially hurt from this whole scenario and this whole uh, world crisis now, you actually have time now to get prepared and you'll be able to save up some more money. So that way it makes it a little bit easier to manage. Now, just be careful though. You wanna be careful because you don't wanna just say, oh good, push it off to the very end and then spend all your money right now and then have nothing for your tax return. Or in that case, if you do have to pay taxes, like unfortunately we do, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't select the proper amount of allowances last year. But yeah, regardless of that, we, uh, so what you can do is actually work on them now, take your money, put it in, and you're gonna be good to go. So just some general strategies on this one. Prepare your taxes now because you'll know what you have to save up for. If you do have to pay, well, then you want to actually defer that until July. So file your, don't file necessarily yet if you have to pay, but you can at least start the process and find out the uh, dollar amount that you have to pay, and then you can start preparing for that. So with most tax softwares, you can prepare it all the way to the end, and it'll tell you either your refund or what you owe. So I'd prepare it all the way until the end, and then just don't file yet. Um, and then you have time to kind of figure out, okay, if I owe X amount of dollars, then... I can save up for that. But if I refund, you file away right now and get your money. Absolutely. So that, that's the strategy. So if you have, so if you need that financial help, then if, and if you're getting an actual refund from the government, man, just do that now, get that money so you can actually use it during this pandemic. But if you have to pay, then wait, wait till July, but start saving up now. As long as you can be disciplined enough to take that money and actually start saving it rather than spending it, if you have that kind of discipline, well, then I would say wait until July. Now, if you don't have that kind of discipline, well, and you have the cash readily available now, then maybe now makes sense. So you're just going to have to weigh your personal situation and see where you're at. And also just be honest with yourself. Be honest as a couple. Try to think, okay, if I have this money in my savings to spend in July, is it going to be tempting to spend now? So if you can exercise some of that self-control, 
you're going to be good. You're going to be in a good situation. And later in this episode, we're going to talk about one key factor on how you can actually prepare yourself and keep yourself in check as a couple if you're married or if you're an individual in college or whatever it may be. So let's talk about everybody's favorite topic right now stimulus payments. A little mm. more fun because we're not talking about paying the government money. We're talking about getting money from the government. So by now, I bet a lot of you have gone to irs.gov and tried to look up your payment status. If not, um, no worries. You can do that today. So if you go to irs.gov slash coronavirus slash get dash my dash payment, or you can just Google IRS um check my coronavirus payment, but be sure to only go to irs.gov as an actual website because you're going to have to enter personal information like your social security number and things like that to check it. Side note on that, everyone, be cautious. Now, of course, we're talking about your finances here. You want to be careful for scams. There are scams everywhere right now. So what Kimberly is saying here is crucial. Don't, uh, don't go any site and enter in just random information just because they ask you to. A lot of people are being scammed out this way. So make sure it's an official government site. If you're going to the IRS, make sure it's irs.gov. And also be sure if somebody emails you or calls you and says, hey, we can help you get your IRS payment faster, it's a scam. The IRS does not call you. The IRS does not email you. You go to the IRS website. You can receive a letter from the IRS. That'll tell you your payment status, um, which should be forthcoming in a couple months. But really be careful with that. Don't believe those. Just only go to irs.gov. A couple of details we want to talk about with the payment. So if you can go online, you can see the status of your payment. It will say, you know, it's been paid or it's on the way or anything like that. Or if you're unfortunate like us, it'll say payment status not available, which is the frustrating reality for millions of Americans right now. Um, we'll talk a little bit about payment statuses later and what you can kind of do about that. But right now, let's talk really quick on how much money you'll be getting. Everybody's throwing around this $1,200 number. Everyone gets $1,200. Yes. But, right, there's always a caveat with the always IRS. Always a caveat. Oh, <laughs> yes, stupid but, government. unfortunately. So we're going to tell you exactly how that's calculated so you can know what to expect. So the standard is you'll get $1,200 per single or head of household filer. Um, but that payment is going to be based on if you have an adjusted gross income of $75,000 or less. So adjusted gross income is a tax number. It's a little tricky. It's basically all the income you made last year minus a few things. Um, but it doesn't matter specifically what that is. It matters what your number is. And you can find that easily by looking at your tax return. So if you haven't filed your 2019 taxes like we were just talking about earlier, you're holding off on that, um, they will use 2018. So either one is fine. So don't think you have to rush to file 2019 to get that payment. That's not true. They'll use your 2018. Um, and so if they're going to be using your 2018 taxes, go to line seven of your form 1040. Your form 1040 is just your tax return, right? Go to line seven, it'll say AGI or adjusted gross income, and that'll tell you what it is. Or if you filed 2019 already, go to line 8B. So look at that and that'll tell you what your income is. If it's $75,000 or less, if you're a single or head of household filer, then you're getting the full $1,200. So. This is where another little strategy tip for you guys comes into play. If your 2019 income is higher than 2018, so if you got a raise, you know, you took on another job, maybe 
Um, if you're married and your spouse took on a job, do not file yet. And I bet that's the case for a lot of Americans, right? A lot of people start new jobs where they make more money or get a raise or things like that. Um, wait until you get your payment. So if your 2019 income is higher than 2018, do not file yet because you'll want them to use that 2018 number because then, then you'll get a better payment, right? But if your 2019 income is lower, maybe you stopped working or took a different job that paid less, then you'll want to file right away so they use that number instead. Now remember, if all of this is $75,000 or lower for a single or head of household filer, it doesn't really matter if you file either one. Um, you know, it, it's not a big deal because you'll still get the full $1,200. But if you made $70,000 in 2018 and then $80,000 in 2019, you might want to consider holding off and filing um, because they'll use that lower number and you'll get the full $1,200 payments. And of course, you want to keep in uh, keep the idea of if you're really needing that refund right now, you might want to just go ahead and file anyway. But keep in mind, you want to strategize about which one they're going to use. The reason why we actually mention that to just be very clear is because if you go above that dollar amount, the $75,000, well, what's going to happen is they're going to basically reduce your pay slowly in steps. So if you start making a little bit more, you're going to make a little bit less. And that's where some of this strategy can really apply. So here's how the payment is going to be reduced. It's going to be reduced by $5 for every additional $100 of income you have. So for example, if you had $85,000 of AGI as a single person, that's $10,000 over the $75,000 limit, and which is what you need to get the full $1,200. So I'm gonna take that $10,000 number and divide it by 100, and that gives me 100. So you had 100 units of $100 above the limit, right? If you multiply that by $5, you'll see your payment is reduced by $500. So you'll be getting $700 instead of the full $1,200. That's a lot of numbers. There's a lot of free calculators online that'll do it for you. But basically, there is a way to calculate so you can find out exactly what you're getting. And for a quick kind of other threshold on that, if you make $99,000 or above, then you won't get any payment. So if you're between the $75,000 and the $99,000, then you want to just go ahead and calculate and see how much you're going to get. So same strategy, everything applies for married couple, but it's $2,400. And your adjusted gross income threshold is $150,000 for the two of you combined. And just a quick heads up on that, that is if you're filing jointly, okay? If you're filing jointly on your taxes, then the dollar amount will be the $2,400. And in addition, it's the same $5 reduced payment for every additional $100 of income for married couples. Um, and so the payment zeroes out at $198,000 uh, for a married couple. So if you made hundred above $198,000, don't even bother. Unfortunately, you're not getting anything. Well, it's if you're not getting anything, you're probably in a good situation, hopefully. You know, it's if, better to make more money, I guess. Yeah, it, it's good <laughs> to make more money. You know, we're not going to talk about... Our, our thoughts on the government actually giving out the money. That's for other podcasters and news shows to debate. But if you're making more, if you're making a lot to the point where you're not having to receive this money from the government, hats off to you. It's I a wish good problem I was, to have. It's a great problem to have. <laughs> and you know what else is actually good right now is having a child. 
you know, it might be kind of hard in quarantine to have a kid at home. You're trying to work from home. They're screaming. They're crawling all over you. Well, at least you're getting 500 bucks per kid. Hear that, child haters? <laughs> you're, you're, if you had a kid, you're getting money. Now, you could argue that kids cost way more than what you're getting from the government. You know, after the pain of being quarantined with a kid for that long, it might not be worth it. But 500 bucks per kid isn't bad. And I haven't seen any phase outs on that. So I, you know, don't quote us on that, but I haven't seen any phase outs for the child payments. Kids are the best and the worst. <laughs> but in this case, it's a nice little perk. So that's kind of a little detail on how it's calculated. A couple other caveats. Remember, well, you can't be claimed on someone else's taxes as a dependent. You have to file your own taxes to receive this payment. So maybe you're 22 years old, you're in college, your parents are still claiming you on their taxes. Unfortunately, you won't get a payment couple other things to note. You don't need to do anything to receive this payment. They're going to calculate it and do this automatically. You don't have to apply. You don't have to file anything. And also, you don't have to enter, enter any account information. They're going to use your direct deposit that's on file um, from getting a refund in previous years or paying taxes in previous years. So don't fall for anybody who's calling you saying, hey, you've got to give us your bank account to get your IRS payment. And if they don't have a bank account on file, they're just going to be mailing checks. So unfortunately, it'll take a lot longer, maybe into the late summer, to even get your check. But that's kind of their strategy they're going to do. So for those who have moved, though, or switched bank accounts, you do got to be careful there. Because if you did move between the year uh, or from last tax year to this tax year, well, then the check might go to the wrong place. So you just need to make sure that your information is updated on an official government site so that way you're good yeah go again to irs.gov and yeah. have a place where, the, where you can check your payment you can also check and see what they have on file for your address and your direct deposit but we can't stress this enough like, so kimberly and i were huge privacy nerds and buffs it's uh, we really value privacy and all these different things um, so just be careful remember remember her warning so the IRS is not going to reach out to you through email or phone number for these items. Rather, you need to go to the IRS for safety. And remember, information is changing daily on this. As of right now, I, I found an article on Market Watch just published today that said the IRS has paid out $157.9 billion in 88 million stimulus checks, which is a lot. Unfortunately, though... You know, you've got to be patient. There's a lot of us, even ours says payment status not available. Kind of frustrating. Um, a lot of people have that, so you don't even know how much you're getting, if you're getting anything, what's going on, how they're sending it. So just be patient um, and don't fall for any scams. All right, and one more thing, too, that there's a lot of confusion on. Just remember, you don't have to pay this back. We've had a lot of friends who've said, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to pay this back or, you know, pay taxes on it. Technically, it's considered an advanced refundable tax credit, which really just means it's the government giving you money you don't have to return. So this kind of, okay, so let's talk about the difference here because this is the whole goal. The whole goal of this whole program is to help you understand what is going on. So, and we're just going to briefly touch on this. So you don't have to pay this money back because it's called a credit. Well, that's different than a tax deduction. A tax deduction just means you're going to reduce the number of what your income actually looks like. So if I made 200 grand, a deduction would make it look like I earned 170, for example. So that way it can maybe push me into a tax bracket that's lower and some other tax benefits. Not the same thing here. Here, what the credit is, is just the government saying, here's some cash. Here's a present for you. Good luck. Let's maybe wrap up this section 
Not my favorite thing to talk about, taxes and the government. It's oh. sometimes painful. At least you're getting money here. Yeah. You know, I have to deal with it all the time at work. The government filing taxes, and it's so painful. Well, isn't this just, this is such a weird scenario. I mean, what in the yeah. world? Like, this has never happened before, ever. It's a weird time. I it mean, really we've, is. this is worse than the depression when it comes to unemployment. We have had, we've had more people fire, file for unemployment than ever in history. So it's kind of scary, and it's kind of scary and freaky, but here's the thing. Don't worry. We can prepare for this. We will get through this together. And this, uh, these checks, you may have received them already, but for those who have not received them yet, then just ho- hang tight. The government will get to it, hopefully. As, and hopefully, as long as you fall into the brackets that Kimberly was discussing, then you should be receiving one of those checks. And I think it's good timing that we're starting this show right now. While there's so much economic uncertainty yeah. and issues. And so we're really hoping that this can maybe bring some comfort, some answers, and some guidance to those of you who need it out there. So if you have a specific topic that you want us to talk about, we've got a lot of really good content and information for you. But feel free to reach out or specific questions. Our goal is to hopefully make this crazy time a little bit easier for everybody and help you set up a good foundation so you don't feel like you're stuck or you're confused or you don't feel like you can get through hard times. So speaking of foundations, let's go ahead and talk about, let's move away from the news for you and talk a little bit about the education piece and how to advance your personal financial career and also just your finances with your family. Okay, so when it comes to actually handling your finances, this is one of some of the most dreaded topics. We're here at the very beginning, and Kimberly and I have we're devising a course and a plan to walk you through different steps to help you become more successful in organizing your money, organizing your life, and hopefully just having a better a better understanding of where you currently are where you currently are at. So one of the biggest complaints that Kimberly and I hear all the time is a lot of millennials or people our age when they first get launched into the world, they don't know how to set up processes in their home for their own personal systems in order to basically, they just don't know what to do with their money. So when they have money or if they don't even have money, how do you organize things so that way you can get things prepared? Well, today we're gonna talk about something very special. And today we're gonna talk about one of the things that has actually helped Kimberly and I in our marriage and not just in our marriage, but in our just handlings of finances, and that is what we call our weekly planning session. So, once a week, here's what we're gonna do. And you can, if you're single, you could do this on your own. In fact, I highly encourage you to do this on your own before you get into a marriage with you, your partner, whatever it is, so that way you can actually get in this habit beforehand and keep track of your money. Here's the thing, one of the biggest problems that people run into is they don't keep track of their money and so they just start spending or they start paying bills and start doing things and then at the end of the month, whoops. <laughs> money has this funny quality of if you don't watch it, it does think it's like it has this mind of its own. Yep. So you get to the end of the thing, you get to the end of the month and you think, oh my gosh, where did all my money go? What am I doing here? If you don't watch it, you know, it's like it does its own thing. But if you watch it and you do, you do little things, you'll be amazed at the little bit of progress that you can make. So this time is, so this weekly planning session, it's almost sacred to us <laughs> because once a week we're going to get together and we sit down and even if the conversations get hard, what we're going to do is plan out the next week. What do we need? What does our financial situation look like? 
Where is our money? Where is it going to go? Budgeting, where all these different elements go into the weekly planning session. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit on how it works and what we do and then how you can apply it to yourself and even adapt it. You don't have to do exactly what we're doing, but you can at least take some of this advice hopefully and morph it into your own routine. One of the things that's made Kimberly and I so successful or at least successful enough in our current standard of living is using this uh, using this time and actually taking it seriously enough to advance our own personal cause. So for example, if you work at a company and your CEO scheduled a meeting with you, you'd go and you'd make sure that you're there, right? So you want to respect this time like you'd respect a meeting with the CEO where you work. It's a time you have every week to make sure that you're checking in on your family and how things are going. So let's talk about the specifics here. So the first thing that you need to do with this planning session, and we'll talk about in later episodes what exactly goes into it, all right? So tune in in following episodes and we'll talk about this meeting in particular. We'll give you specific setups. Yeah, mm-hmm. like this is going to be the foundation of our financial journey together and also just your homemade operations prepared. So this is where everything begins. So by yourself or with your partner, you're going to sit down first and then you're going to discuss what day is best for us to meet together. All right. What day is best for you and I to meet together so we can hash this out? It's going to be uncomfortable if you haven't, if you don't speak money, if you haven't, if you're not comfortable talking about finances or cash, it might be hard. And so we need to get you over this hurdle first so that way you can get prepared. And the best place to do it is actually with somebody who you can be vulnerable with. Now, I do know that sometimes it's tough to get your partner to see eye to eye sometimes, especially financially. So in this meeting, if uh, what you need to do is discuss, okay, for us, for you, for me, let's go ahead and sit down and get this prepared. So that's the first step. Find a day that's best and find a time that is best. Mark it on your calendar and make sure it happens every week at the same time. Don't push it off. Don't wait for somebody to come and remind you. This time you need to treat it as if it's your job, if it's your work. So that way you can go into it and then you're not going to push it off because somebody's playing a game or something and you want to join them. Yeah, and I think that just shows that you both need to take it seriously if you're doing it within a marriage. You both want to be committed and you both want to say, you know, this is something that we want to do for ourselves and for our family. So the next thing you want to do besides setting a day and a time is you're going to want to send an agenda for the meeting. Our next episode is going to do a deep dive into how to set up your meeting. It's going to deep dive into what specifically to have on your agenda so you can have a really detailed. We'll walk you right through of what our meetings look like and how to do that. So we'll talk about the first kind of uh, agenda must have today, which is to review your finances. That is a big one. Okay. So let's, so let's, uh, I'm going to just give you a quick little sample on what Kimberly and I do when it comes to our planning sessions. So we do ours once a week, and this is our recommendation. For some of you, it might make sense to do it once a month. It might make sense to do it once every two weeks. That is not our recommendation though. We are going to share with you what's worked for us and what's made us 
uh, what's helped us in our whole journey, our financial independent journey, is actually doing it once a week so you're clearly on the same page every week with anything. And things are less painful when you do them once a week. Oh, yeah. Because if you do something once a month, you're looking through a ton of data. It's kind of overwhelming. You haven't checked in in four weeks. A lot can happen in four weeks. And then right? you're trying to find what was this expense? Like, what was this item? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> what did you buy three weeks ago? But we've had weeks where, you know, it can take 10 minutes. 20 minutes, we just do a quick check-in. And also, if you miss a week for being out of town or being sick or something like that, it's not as painful to catch up the next week. So the key takeaways from today, you're going to want to tune in to our next episode because we're going to talk in detail about each agenda item, what specifically you need to have on your agenda, as well as some optional kind of items, and also some tips for success. It can be really uncomfortable at first to do this meeting, but remember, you want to do... It can be really uncomfortable at first to do this meeting, but remember, you're committed to your marriage, you're committed to yourself, and you're committed to making your financial future better and just setting up your operations of your home so you're not stressed all the time and you feel like you have a good foundation. So be thinking about before our next episode what this means to you and if this is something that you want to commit to and when you feel would be a good time for this meeting. So think about that a little bit. brainstorm a little bit with your partner, bring them onto the next podcast because we'll start going into detail on how this should look. Now, let's go ahead and end the episode with something fun. And that is what did you watch over the weekend? So of course, with Corona, there's not a whole lot of things you can do now. You can't go visit the theater, do a bunch of things. So let's, let's be honest. A lot of us are just watching Netflix. So, and there's actually been a lot of great gems that have popped up recently. One of the big movies trending right now is called As Good As It Gets. It's on the homepage of Netflix, or at least it was for us. Good Never old seen Jack it Nicholson. Yeah. Got good old Jack Nicholson, which we actually have been watching The Shining again and some of his I old love stuff. The Shining. So we're on <laughs> a little Jack a Nicholson. I'm okay, yeah. so I got Kim. When we first got married, she hated scary movies, and I love them. And I'm not a huge fan of like gore slashers, blood flying everywhere. I don't like that. I like quality scary, good ghost stories. So Shining is just awesome. And I love Jack Nicholson because of it. And so it's kind of fun seeing. So we actually saw this movie. I've always wanted to see it because it was nominated for a ton of Academy Awards. It's called As Good As As It Gets. And the premise of it is you have have these, or this individual, Jack Nicholson, who is OCD. So what I like about it, though, is it doesn't necessarily look down or frown upon uh, people's situations if they have any of these disorders, diseases, or whatever, which I love because we have this is some, a topic that's near and dear to our hearts. Well, and what I like about it is it just kind of shows his day to day routine, and he is just a tremendous jerk to everyone. He doesn't know how to interact with people. It's kind of a crazy movie. It's very crazy, but he's super successful. He's a writer, super successful, makes a ton of money, and it's just a very fun movie because you watch it. And you're just kind of engaged in how he reacts to different situations. And his acting is superb. It is. Yeah. And his reactions are so bizarre. You're like, I can't believe he just did that. Yeah. Is that for real? (laughs) Yeah. And the movie's kind of strange because it doesn't have, I I feel like it doesn't have a unified tone. I'm still trying to figure out, it's not really, it's funny sometimes. I'm still trying to figure out the plot. I can't tell if he, so he meets this lady, Helen Hunt, and she's like the only person who's nice to him and actually will feed him some food in this restaurant. So he keeps going back because she's kind of like a a lifeline for him. She puts up with him, yeah. 
Or no one else does. And if she's gone one day, he stresses out because he's OCD. It's really, it's a really good show. You need to watch it. So if you want something to watch, uh, just be careful. There's a few F words for those who are kind of sensitive around that. We watched it. We loved it. Very unique. Yeah, very unique. If you want something different than what you've seen, check it out. And if you love dogs, there's very charming storyline with dogs. A very (laughs) cute. I'm Todd's trying to make me a a dog person. I'm I'm working on it. Everyone send her an email, send her something on social media and tell her, hey, here's a picture of my dog. Love it. I'm working. I'm getting better because this dog in this movie was adorable. I I want a dog. She doesn't want a dog and it's caused a headache. Correction. I don't want to clean up after a dog. No, you don't want a dog. (laughs) (laughs) You hate dogs. Maybe Jack Nicholson's interactions with this dog will change that because it's pretty charming. Are you saying you're the OCD person? Don't want to clean (laughs) (laughs) up. But I will say I do like the dog in the movie. It's pretty cute. Cool, cool. All right, everyone. Well, thank you. So if you want a good movie, feel free to tune into that. Also watch The Shining while you're at it. Classic. Shining's a classic. It's fun. So watch that one if you like a good scary movie. Doctor Sleep is a sequel. We'll talk about those later. Everyone have a wonderful evening, and we'll see you next time on The Homemade Op Show. Thanks for joining us.